Dawn. And I'm Tracy. And we are Real Women. So, hello again, Dawn. How are you? Hello. Good, thank you. Exciting moment today because we've got the wonderful Shari Teigman with us. Hello, Shari. So excited. There are two women who has, uh, have as little a filter as I do in front of me and I adore you both. So I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, no fluff, no filters. That's what Correct. it's all about. And um, today's topic is building business as a single mum, which I guess also works for running a career or building a career as a single mum as well. So for those of you out there that don't have a business, but you're building a career, this is going to apply to you as well. So um, Shari, I know like me, you actually were a single mum at one point, weren't you? I still am. Um, I got divorced. My kids, my divorce started, my kids were my kids were five and seven and the divorce completed. We moved out when my kids were seven and nine. Uh, and now they are 23 as of two days ago and almost 21. So it's been an interesting run. Yeah, I know. I became a single mum when, well, I might as well have been a single mum from him being about two months old. But officially, my son was eight months old and I became a single mum. And he's 24 in a month or so. So he's grown up. And I know you've had a similar thing, haven't you, Dawn? Not necessarily. A, I mean, you've been working while you've been a single mom, but you've got a relationship where you'd got kids while you were building a business that weren't your husband's. Yeah. So I was I've been married twice. Um, I got divorced at uh, uh, I think I was either 21 or 22. I was a child, uh, but I'd got two children at that point, which were like two and a half and four. But the divorce started uh, before that. So my divorce actually started when Sam was six or seven months old. But because of the nature of the divorce, it took about four or five years, actually, for that. I'd already left. I'd left the city. I'd left, you know. But um, and then, of course, where the um, it wasn't it wasn't complicated, but where it wasn't classic. So me and H is now my 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 uh, husband now when we first started our business he was my boyfriend we weren't even living together and also there's that thing that you're with a man who you're planning your life with but actually that the kids you've got are not his and although this has got nothing to do with him it was important to me as you two would probably absolutely appreciate you know if you're going to start dating me with kids you got a, it's, we're a package so he was great but there was always something in me they're my kids they're my kids it's protection i mean we're lionesses even if you're with a partner let alone when you're bringing new people in you know they say so when force you- field yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's just call it a force field a force field of love <laughs> it's there are little spikes at the end of it and alligators <laughs> around it so when did you, firstly, Shari, can you just introduce, I know that you were on the podcast with Tracy before, you used to give us a brief of what you do, but what I'd like to know is how old were your kids when you started your business and just give us an overview of what your business is, please. I'm, te- I'm terrible in math, so give me a second to figure <laughs> that out. Uh, so I am Shari Teigman. I am a performance mentor and a creative strategist. Um, I started my business nine years ago, so my kids were... 
14 and 12, 11. Um, and I was a stay-at-home mom before that. I uh, was raising them, raised them in a little modern Jewish Orthodox Stepford wife kind of environment. A lot of the moms don't work. Um, that's what I was used to. That's how I was raised. And uh, through my divorce, I say it was from my cluelessness of what was about to happen was how I did that because I didn't know how rough it would be. And I also didn't know how I was going to financially take care of myself. But I grew up in an environment where I never had to worry. So because I didn't have that attachment, I just said, I'll figure it out. Narrator says she has no idea how she's going to figure it out because I ran the kids school, built them a school, um, was a makeup artist for years, did mosaic furniture, like did side stuff, but I was raising my kids. So I didn't even have like a corporate background to go back to. I got married at 23, engaged at 22, straight from uni into my marriage, into a very traditional role. So I kind of grew up with my children, similar to both of you who had children young um, and was just figuring out at the time. I didn't even know what I wanted to do. So my kids were old enough. And then strangely, I didn't just build a business. I built a business across the world in a country I had never been to for the first five years of my business. So it just kind of happened that I went to life coaching school. Well, the long story is I had a after my divorce was finished and I survived the adrenaline rush of coping with the craziness. When it calmed down, I had no idea who I was because I knew what I didn't want, but I didn't have an answer for what was coming next. So I hit a, a big low. And in the working on myself and healing all that had happened, I stumbled upon the personal development world and loved it so much. I did a year-long coach training along with a year-long teacher uh, yoga teacher training and um, just immersed myself in like, if I'm going to come out being the mom I want to be, being able to take care of them and feed my children. Um, and I was very lucky. I had parents helping me and things like that, but I wanted to do this on my own. You know, I had them for backup, but they weren't going to be paying my bills. Um, so I just immersed myself and I emerged a different person. And I found interestingly bridging that mom of preteens and figuring out what I wanted and the guilt of when I'm working, I wanted to be with my kids. When I wasn't working, I want, I was missing the business, loving my kids, but they were already starting to get to that age where it was more friends. I have two boys. They played a lot of sports. So it was like, I sat on a bench most of the time in my quote unquote time with them thinking, oh, I could be writing a blog post. I could be pushing this because I was just starting out. So as most mothers do, the second they find out they're pregnant for a variety of reasons, there's already guilt when you're doing something and guilt when you're not doing something. So I just kind of dropped myself into it and ran. So I never really, I never really did. I still don't. I don't know why. Uh, I never really got into the whole guilt thing. You're I so think, lucky. Um, well, I think because of the atrocity, because of my own adversities being raised by a narcissistic mother, you're hardened to yeah. uh, the, the 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 cruel side of that sometimes, and you're left with a little bit like what you've just said in terms of you you don't know what you should do, but you know what you don't want to do, and so somewhere and I'm no idea. I mean, I've got two kids by 19, so I was a child myself, really, really oh. genuinely. But I think somewhere along the line, it was like I don't know what the hell I'm doing. It was in the 80s, so there wasn't Google, there wasn't all of that. So I think what I just did was if it's coming from a place of love and it's the exact opposite of what my mom did. <laughs> yeah, it's very common. I have a friend of mine who grew up with a similar mom to yours and she learned how to mother by watching television shows. And, like, well, that looks like it should be the way it should be. And, you know, it's I, I can remember 
my friend Margaret asking me if I was going to breastfeed and I was mortified with my 17 year old self at the prospect of doing that. And she said, well, what milk are you going to give them? And I didn't know that there was powdered milk. So I thought that I was going to feed my baby that was just about to come. I, I'm ever so grateful for that conversation <laughs> because if that conversation hadn't happened, I'd been getting the milk off the doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> With a straw in. Go get him, killer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, my God, that's crazy. We don't know what we're doing, right? We don't. We don't know what we're doing. I mean, I, I, I was actually thirty-three when I had my son. I wasn't that young, but I'd been in a corporate career, so I'm, you know, I'd got very few maternal instincts. All my family thought I wasn't going to have kids, and fortunately, my sister was a midwife. So there, I'm in the hospital. Everybody, you know, delivery happens. Husband's nowhere to be seen. No shit, Sherlock. He was fucking off eight months later anyway. And I'm in this room on my own with this newborn baby and this thing injects green vomit out of its mouth. And I'm like, oh, fuck, what do I do now? So I'm on the phone this to my is sister. It's not like in the movies. It's not like in the movies. I'm on the phone to my sister saying, uh, he's just sort of projected, projectile vomited like something out of the omen. What do I do? She went, press your bloody call button. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> You know what's absolutely marvellous about that? That even at 33, actually, it doesn't matter what age you are when you give birth, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. Nobody knows what they're doing. Nobody. Nobody. (laughs) I mean, maternal instincts did kick in. I needed a little bit of technical help around, you know, is it meant to be this colour? What do I do now? But actually, the instinct of care of that child kicks in dead easy. It's just you don't necessarily know exactly how to do something. Well, you know how to keep them alive. You just don't know how to do everything in between. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it, the it, thing that Shari describes is has always fascinated me as to because most women, I think, have that conflict. I, I, I don't know why I didn't. I think it was just, here are my choices. Pick one. You did it from the right place. Go with it. And yes, and yes. and that's kind of as, as good as it got. Um, but Shari can, and, and maybe Tracy, if you found this, the guilt thing, I think, will connect with a lot of people who are even married mothers, let alone uh, single mothers. But it gets ramped up on the single. So talk about how you dealt with that. Hmm. How did I deal with it? Um, you compensate in your uh, for sure. I would say, you know what? I, I grew up with very loving parents. And I think there was, and also because of the religious side and the community side, it was a given that this would just come naturally. And the maternal part for me did. I've been maternal since I'm born. My mother said I was a baby and I'd go reach for babies. But with the divorce and you just said it well, it's like then there's the stigma of like the scarlet letter on you of if your kids are not the model ones, oh, it's because they got divorced or oh, that's the divorce kid who dropped the pen or didn't get an A, you know, an A plus in the class or whatever it was. And it's also because for me, we split time and my ex-husband and I don't get along, never did. Um, it was a very adversarial. My kids really did have two separate homes. There was not a joint where the parents thing. We still don't have that. We didn't have when they were little. Every moment felt so precious that 
usually when your kids grow up, you're always around and they're around and you just navigate around each other. My kids every other weekend were at their dad's and I never wanted to be away from them. So I would savor every second, every meal needed to mean something. Games and all the stuff on weekends that wasn't my weekend, I was still there. So I was juggling, trying to work, have a life, date, and then never, ever have my kid turn and not see me there. And so it was like I was trying to live three lives at once. That's where my guilt came from. And And it was so tiring. You know, now they're a bit older. Can you see any repercussions of your guilt uh, and how you compensated for that? Oh, a thousand percent. So I have two very different children and I will respect them by speaking on here in case they listen. You know, their stories, my story is not theirs to tell and vice versa. They're very different creatures from each other. And while they both are very loving, I can tell that with one, I probably didn't give him enough independence growing space. And with the other, he still savors it even at his age just because they have different personalities. And, you know, one is more the scoop it all up and the other one loved it. And it's also, you know, you reach that young adult thing. They want to be your kid sometimes and the other time they want to be an adult, which is totally normal and natural. But we kind of never outgrew. We didn't have like a staging ground where we figured that out. It's just this is I mother like a mother bleeper. Um, I don't do Wait, my joke, I can curse on here, right? Yeah, cool. So like, I, and I'm a Jewish mother, which is like a very stereotypical answer, but it is true. Like I made, I breastfed each for two years. I made all their food. They come home. Every favorite food is there. They go back to uni. There are three bags at the door. Like I'm the quintessential domestic goddess when it comes to my children, whether they, they're not asking for it. It's just automatic for me. So it's a very cultural, you know, I'm a I'm a New Yorker, like we're surrounded by a lot of things, you know, there are always bagels around, like everything you see in the movies is very real for me and my kids and watching them individuate and go out in the world home when they come home is still that bubble. Even now, like I leave for a three week work trip soon and my eldest is back here moving. Don't think that both fridges, because I have a backup one that has space for food, won't be filled up with (laughs) with every single food he could ever think of and a couple in case he may be in the mood for a cookie I once made in 1999 that he liked. So, Sherry, this is why. So, just for the listeners, Sherry happens to work uh, for the same company as one of my children. Uh, and Marshall loves Sherry it, because he's an absolute gannet. And that's why I, he, we, you should take, you can take my child. He would love. I will happily take him. There's always extra food. I can take all of your children. Honestly, you could feed him. I would feed him all day long. Those are my favorite kind. Like my kids' friends used to pay. My kids would go to school. There was lunch at school. They went to private school. You could pay for lunch. No, my children went fresh lamb and a fresh meatball sub made at six o'clock in the morning. They were kids paying them for half of their lunch. Her mom can make an extra sandwich. (laughs) Charlie wants a sandwich. I didn't even, I didn't know that was weird. Yeah, yeah, I cheated with my son with that one. His his grandmother on his father's side is Polish by birth and um, very similar. You know, there was always food there. There was everything yes. they'd ever want. And look, I'm Eastern European by, yeah. by na- nationality and it's just ingrained in us. Like there are potatoes on that plate. Yep. Finish your plate. Finish like, your plate. Flop. You hear the food <laughs> on the plate. But the thing is, if ever I needed Ollie to feel like that, I just took him down his grandmother's. Perfect. As I mean, someone does yeah. it. I mean, my guilt was different in lots of ways because, I mean, until Ollie was four or five his father was still in the UK we eventually got to the stage where he was having him so many weekends which was cool for me because I could sort of date without having to try and sneak the guy in without my son waking up type thing 
But then when my, when my son was four or five, his father emigrated to Australia. So I didn't have weekends for respite. Now, I was quite fortunate at that point till he was nine or 10. I worked in a corporate career. I could afford to pay for like an au pair stroke nanny. But that in itself brings a shitload of guilt because and it also brings a shitload of juggling because you'd feel guilty, you know, child has their first day of school and you can't be there. You can't take them to the school gate. So you'll eventually get a question, why aren't you coming on the trip like the other mummy's mummy? You know, trying to explain that one and not doing that without guilt. Good luck. But then the juggle was I'd get home from work having done a, you know, senior role all day. Get home from work. Au pair would then be going either to her room or home. I now had this child to look after quite happily. It was a lot of fun. I did love him. But you suddenly, you know, they'd had their dinner, but then you got to make yours. Then they wanted to spend some time with you or they wanted to do something. I felt guilt about the fact that I hadn't been there all day. I wasn't the mummy going on the school trips with them. So I would compensate by that. And half the time he got whatever he wanted because I could afford it. So maybe this is why I don't feel so guilty because my first husband never had, I didn't get any help with him, not financial or or, or, or access so I think because I had them all the time, I'm happy to get rid of them occasionally. So there was- <laughs> I, I believe, well, also it just shows, l- w- listen to what we just heard from this triad of the three of us. There's always going to be something that doesn't work or something that is greener on the other side or easier this way. I was home and by the end of the day, I would drop. You were in home, Tracy. And by the time you got home, you had to then play another role. Um, and then Dawn, you never got the break. So it was when you got one. It's like anyone who would play with them, let me love them. You can't breathe. It's this is this mother's guilt. There's always something or different experiences and someone comparing you to someone else. Look, the three of us have very strong personalities. I think we cared less about what everyone else thought and more internally about what we thought it was supposed to look like. And interestingly now, so my youngest is 21, nearly 22. My eldest is 37 next week. And so they're adults. My two eldest have now got children. That's fascinating because you see the product of how you raised your children and that manifests out in the way they start to raise their children. It's pretty good news in terms of it's mostly, I think I mostly did a good job. I don't feel guilt about it, but what I do have is huge respect for them. And there are now, now I've got kids in their thirties who are having relationships and marriages and bringing children themselves. You see stuff and then you go, do you know, I know where that came from. And some of that's my fault. I think I think it's very important. And I have done it with all of them, whether they accept it or not. And mostly they do. So that's quite good. But, you know, but you can you can look at your children and some of their pattern of behavior and how they're parenting. And actually, in my case, I was a single mom. I was homeless. I had nothing. I had no money. I was you were a baby on top of it. Yeah. And when we when we moved here. And so it was a struggle. There was no childcare. So some of my parenting skills, as with all of us, were influenced by those circumstances at that time. And then when you see your children then replicating that, actually, it's okay to say to your kids, "Mm, actually, that was good for our little unit at that time because of our circumstances. It doesn't necessarily mean that's a hard and fast parenting rule. 
uh, because it was circumstantial rather than like one of the good things was they always had water, which wasn't a popular thing when they were growing up, but they always had water because I didn't, I couldn't afford pop, right? <laughs> you know what we call that in Yorkshire? It wasn't for health reasons. <laughs> wasn't for health reasons. But you know, in Yorkshire, Dawn, guess, guess what corporation pop is? What? Tap water. Oh, okay. Right, there you go. (laughs) But it wasn't like a popular health thing. It wasn't like a drink two litres a day back then. So some of the things were good. Some of the things have been bad in terms of what I've been able to identify when I reflect back is that the pots over the decades where I was an absolute psycho and pretty vile at times, that's a guilt spot in terms of they are deserving of an explanation and an apology and an acknowledgement of it. But do you know something? Every time I was like that, it was because I wasn't happy. And so we um, see from the outside that piece, and this isn't to excuse mother's behaviors, but that's all the kids know. They don't have another mother that they compare you to. Um, Look, that all comes out in therapy later, no matter what, what we all have is, you know, figuring out our parents are also human beings and then reconciling who they are, what we want. That's for everyone. But it's so funny because you feel it knowing like from the outside, they're in the jar. They don't know any different. They're good day, bad day. It's my mom and she's picking me up from school or not. Yeah. I had, I had one incident actually. Once we moved back up Yorkshire, Swally was 11 and then I was full blown working for myself. I was out of the corporate career I remember one day coming home, having a right go at him about something or telling him he couldn't have something, which was my doing because my guilt from his early days were I'll get him whatever he wants because I'm guilty. I got the backlash when he thought he could have everything he wanted. And sometimes (laughs) I said no. So he turned around one day and said to me, the other mummies are a lot nicer than you. They'd let so and so do it. And I went, really? Pick up the phone. Let me hear them say they'd let their child do it. What? A l- and I used to turn around and say, you're just trying to con me now. <laughs> but he used to literally compare me to another mother wouldn't do that or they'd let me do that if they were my mum. You just, I never did, but you just want to turn around and say, you know what? If they're that fucking great, go live with them. <laughs> but I, I was quite lucky. The, the downside of running my business when I first moved up here because by then I'd been made redundant, so I'd started doing different businesses and I'd, I was doing the property stuff, moved up here. He was just about to become... No, he was 11 already. But in order to make ends meet, I was running... I was doing my business stuff Thursday through to Sunday. Uh, digital child minding came in really well at the weekends. Stick him in front of the computer or the TV that, yeah... Monday mornings, I would get up at five o'clock to drive nearly 200 miles away to work Monday afternoon, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday night, six o'clock, leave there to come back here, get home about nine o'clock at night. Don't panic, folks. I didn't leave him alone as an 11 year old. (laughs) So what I did is I either my sister or my nephew would come and make sure he was safe because he was on his he was literally didn't have me there for three days a week, but that's the only way I could put the roof over our head at the beginning of the business. And the benefit of that, whilst at the time I used to feel really guilty, it's not fair, I'm away, he's at home, you know, dealing with everything. So my cat's trying to do something somewhere, but don't know what it is. I'll find him later. He's, he's trying to get into something, I think. So the benefit was, Part of doing that reaped massively by the time he was 14, 15, because this was such an independent little man. B, 
because of that happening. So whilst I was feeling guilty that that's how I kept the money coming in the door till I started building the property up, actually, I think it's also shaped him in a good way as well. He's, he's literally gone off, independent being, doesn't need me, which I think is phenomenal, but wants me. And I love that about it. He doesn't need me to supplement his income. He doesn't need me to do shit for him. He's a fully fledged grown man and I'm so proud of him. But yeah, you've got to juggle it all. So as single women, because by the time my elder two started to grow up and my businesses started to develop, I know I had more children, but by the time I did that, I had a second, I had a husband. So from your guys' point of view, pros and cons of being single, raising children and either in a heavy full-time job or starting starting your own business. I would say the pros were it was one less person to juggle. I didn't have a partner that I had to worry about. Um, I hadn't had healthy relationships at that point. So to me, it would have just in my mind, it would be a drain. Someone else to care for someone else to people please for. So kids went to bed or kids were in school. I could do everything I needed to do. And then when I was with them, I was fully with them. And when I wanted to go out, it was on my terms uh, if I wanted to go on a date, if I had, you know, a partner for a short period of time, but there was no one that I had to kind of report to or include in my decisions about this, the financial decisions, the risks that I took, the programs that I wanted and ask permission. And at that point, the person that I was would have, I don't think I would have grown how I did if I had a partner that I would have felt I had to quote unquote answer to. I now know at the at the ripe old age of 48 that you're not supposed to have partners like that. But it took me many tries to find out what that looked like. But that's all that I knew from relationships. So the freedom that I didn't have to ask anyone anything was why I was able to be as creative as I was in the business. I wasn't risking or, well, I didn't, I didn't, I see this with a lot of clients, like I didn't hit the number of what I need to give to the family finances. And now it's caused strife and we're fighting over the weekend. I don't have any of that. Like we had what we had or we didn't have what we had. I didn't have to answer for it. And so it helped me grow because I wasn't apologetic about I should have hit this. It needed to look like that. Someone didn't watch me in the messy beginning growth. I wouldn't have wanted a witness to it. I think for me, it, it, it varied based on age. So while Ollie was younger, I think the pro was, again, that you didn't I didn't have to discuss decisions I made about my career with anybody. And at the end of the day, I didn't have a partner, which was great. I could sit down and relax the way I wanted, do what I wanted. Um, and that was good. That was a benefit. The disadvantage when they were, when he was younger was you didn't have that extra person to say, look, you pop him in the bath while I clear up after dinner. It was pop him in the bath. You couldn't clear up after dinner until he was in bed because he was of an age where, you know, two, three and four years old, the au pair's gone, gone wherever she's going for the night. You've got one pair of hands. And in when you're working for work and the career I had was such that occasionally there might be something crop up in the evening that I had to answer or whatever. But I guess that was the disadvantage when he was young was not having somebody to share the workload with uh, or take him out on a Saturday morning to football or something while I cracked on and caught up with a bit of work or a bit of my business. As he got older... I think the the pro was still I didn't have to 
I didn't have to get somebody's agreement, not permission, because if you're with the right partner, you don't need permission. But I didn't have to discuss whether I booked on a course I wanted to go on or not. I just had to check that somebody could watch Ollie while I went. That was it. I didn't have to, I could take the risks I wanted without worrying about upsetting somebody. I took all those decisions myself, which is a really good benefit. The disadvantage, I think, when they're a bit older, as Ollie got to his teens, it was like, he'd just disappear to his bedroom to do his own thing. And then sometimes it could seem very lonely because you'd be sat there at the end of the day, the kids are upstairs doing their things because they got there at that age. And, you know, whilst, yes, I had my sisters and my parents and my friends to share my day with, that's not the same as sitting down on the sofa and chatting to a partner about how the day went. You see how you two are going to make me be really, really nice to my husband now. <laughs> <laughs> This is a girl's podcast. We're supposed to be able to moan, right? Now you're making me feel really grateful. You want some love now. Yeah, moan. We just didn't have it. So we we couldn't. What I found interesting, what was coming. So my husband's his job. He's a martial arts instructor. So he was out. He still is out every night time and all day Saturday. So I had those same benefits that. Um, you get, the, I, I, I didn't have the help at night. So that's the downside. But the upside of that was uh, I didn't have to pay attention to him because he was out working. So I could crack on with doing what I was doing. I also, interestingly, deliberately picked a man that I didn't have to explain myself to and never did. And he never clipped my wings. And so, I, and and then when I want to make a decision that I know he'll disagree with, I just don't tell him. Um <laughs> I love you. <laughs> what do they say? Apologize, uh, apologize after is easier than asking for permission. Yeah. He'll say to me, he'll say, how much did that cost? And I'm like, honey, I don't look, resentment's a bad thing in my <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask questions. You don't want to know the answer. To. I, I'm going to have to lie to you. And I don't want to lie to you. And if I tell you the truth, you're going to resent. <laughs> don't ask. So, so, so now when I do tell him, he doubles it because he knows that's probably more, more like it. Um, the good thing is for a long time in business, I made all of the business decisions. He's not a businessman. He was mortified at the prospect of us starting a business. I was raised in, in business, my parents. So it was normal for me. It was terrifying for him, which was great for us because he had nothing to do with it. And I made all the decisions. And then over years, he's like, she knows what she's doing. And even if I'm terrified, we're normally all right. So it'd be okay. And actually, the flip of that now is I'm actually irritated because I need him to do more on the business side. He doesn't want to. And actually, that's me changing terms and conditions. But we do that. We do do it. We do do it. We change the goalposts. We do change the goalposts. But I think the so the pros of having someone. So I was saying to Tracy earlier when I used to do fight nights. So the seventy-two hours before a show, you I can't parent, I can't cook, I can't like I'm fully. So he would pick it up, um, not not in the same way that I did. So I'm not quite as extreme as you, Shari, but you know I'm more like that. You know, I, only now what I've developed is clean your bedroom, cook for yourself, and then when they don't, I do it for them still. <laughs> So, you know, there's that thing. But um, but the so the, the the benefits of having H around was he was great with the kids and would they were always clean, they were always fed, uh, and they were dressed uh, and they were they weren't dead, they were safe. So that you, I, Well done, Mama. I mean at the end of the day, honestly, you know it's no easy feat. It's no easy feat. The downside 
is exactly what you said, Sherry. I don't know whether the trauma that we had with our first marriages have disturbed us forever. I don't know. But um, downside, I would say yes. Yes, yeah. they have. But the downside is it's another fucking person to fucking yeah. worry about and look after. Honestly, I didn't know any different and I didn't have anything left anyway. So I was like, what a relief. I have no idea how people then the door opens and you need to talk to someone else today. I'm good. I I don't need any more conversations. And also, I think that there is such a difference between a very masculine man. H is a great dad, by the way. You know, he's not a bad dad. He's a good dad, but he's very black and white. He was raised by a very strong Caribbean mother who had 10 kids with no money can you imagine right you say he's his belief system on uh uh parenting is is is, hard um I was raised by a narcissist so again how we've managed to raise such amazing kids is a little bit of a uh, good look it was you know just basically I feel like the lesson here is like just leave them alone and they all just figure it out and and but so I think what we all experience, whether we're single or not, is that women or, or feminine people, you know, we, we're nurturers and we do things differently to our children. And men often don't get it and don't do it like what we do. So when we are building our businesses or we need them to pick up the slack, they don't do it in the way that we think is required for the welfare of our children and that can cause te- you know there's definitely conflict if we talk oh, yeah. really generally and really broadly there's a conflict in how we do things well there's uh, also then we don't know how to ask and then we get that stubborn i don't need any help that trauma response of this hyper independence where fuck everyone i'll do everything by myself that help could be sitting there and a man may need it to be asked a certain way and we don't want to slow down to ask and then there's a discord because no one knows what anyone wants. That that's I mean, it happens in business, too. But it's such an interesting thing because it's the assumption of we're supposed to know how to do all of these roles. Where frankly, we don't know how to do any of them. While even if you're maternal, as we said, you know, the big picture, but you don't know the how. And then we're supposed to just strap them on our hip and then go figure out the rest of it, which we also don't know how. And I think the consequence of having that single parent period of time is exactly I think it's very common for us then to go, right, well, we'll do it on our own. Fuck it. We'll just yep. do it on our own. And when we do then need help, uh, uh, we we don't know how to do that. And then we get upset because our men aren't protecting us or supporting yep. us. But actually, we haven't actually asked them to yes. really. Exactly. And we, you know, exactly. it's, 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 um, so what, in terms of running a business, I think the benefits of my kids being raised uh whilst watching me grow businesses is it has delivered to them what resilience is they're all natural salespeople. they are um communicators they uh are cognitively resourceful in terms of the ability to pivot and find solutions and and they were raised around a dinner table where you're having a conversation with your seven and a half year old about your work and then they come out with something that's fucking genius so by the time they're adults I think that flavor of being raised with parents let alone just a mom also from a female point of view three of my boys are boys and one had my fourth child as a girl she was raised with this uh absolute 
you will have choices as a grown ass well you will have choices and you know what pretty much she's gone on to make very good choices so I think all of that is much better you come away from parenting you bring it home with you they have to you've got I can remember when Marshall Logan there's 13 months between Marshall and Logan and I'd have I'd be breastfeeding like because I grew up a little bit by the time I had them I was and they were allowed to be breastfeeding and the dog would be barking and the customer phone would be diverted to my phone I'd have to the kid I'd have to put the kid down and start crying I'd have to watch the back of my garden to speak like we uh, mental right but I think the ingredients that you add to your children's skill set is phenomenal and worth it. Would you guys agree? Yeah, I think they get to see it on the go because if if you are someone who the, who doesn't show that side or work gets left, although I don't even know if this exists anymore, especially with COVID, it probably didn't for anyone married or single. They don't get to see the skills that you have. They only learn from modeling. So if they only see one version of you, that's the, you're this 1D version of yourself where you know, they always say, you know, the measure of someone and you see how they treat a server in a restaurant when no one's watching or things like that. So take that philosophy, plug it into our children saw in the middle of, you know, there's flour all over the kitchen because someone's making cookies. The business phone rings and it's like, hello, you know, mother's like immediately changed into a new voice of like conflict resolution, um, financial conversations. It's all right in front of them. We think they're not watching. They watch everything good and bad. And I think it at least, especially for if we grew that side of it while they were growing up and were with us, which all of us did, our kids were little as we did this, there's no doubt that it'll affect how they go into a business environment and understand that rather than the old school Mary Poppins world where daddy goes in, puts his briefcase down. You don't talk to him from the first hour. The mom has the apron on. I mean, we had the briefcase and the apron, essentially. We're making sure, you know, you have to feed the man, do the work. So it's not like that was behind hidden doors and you never got to saw, see it. I think even if it doesn't show itself yet, like American kids grow up so differently than British. So my kids may be around your kids ages. They're not at the same stage as just culturally. There's, I have no doubt that that will play out even just for the choices in whatever they choose that may be completely different from what I did. I think, Where are sorry, Tracy. I was going to say, I think for me, it's realizing that my son is, I don't know, he's, he's, he's basically like Shari says, he's watched me juggling. He's watched me and seen that life isn't all Mary Poppins, unicorns and rainbows. So he's better able to handle what goes on but the biggest one is he has he's got an amazing respect for everybody he doesn't you know he's seen a fact that a woman isn't just a mummy he's seen a fact that a woman isn't just a businesswoman or um somebody that has a job and whilst he might have gone why don't you come to the trips like all the other mummies what he's learned he's got older is we are just human beings and he's got an awful lot of respect for women. And I think some of that is watching me doing what I've done while he's grown up. No doubt. Well, I've already had to apologise to girls that want to date my sons because <laughs> they have, I think my kids have an expectation. Firstly, all women are psychos. <laughs> but I've not even like, it's actually a sense. It's like just a given. <laughs> 
But secondly, that we're incredibly capable and we're doers and we're resourceful and we're not needy and we're all of those strong things. And the consequence of that is, and I'm, I am sorry for this actually, because it isn't healthy to not be able to ask for help and not go to our men and let them be masculine men. Um, and and I'm, I hope that my kids will, my boys anyway, will respond well to that if they have a woman that that needs them and show and shows that they need them. Interestingly, my daughter married a guy who was very masculine, got his own business, very work, he's a workaholic, you know, so she actually married somebody that was like that too, which is, is, is fascinating. Um, and where that works is that she doesn't see being a female wife she's a you know she, I mean she's started a, a charitable foundation and stuff but essentially she's a wife at her, uh, you know a mother at home she doesn't see that as neat she's there to support the business the family you know that family income that you know that role of well I'm not the one earning the money but but I have a role to play in that in terms of supporting the person that does so yeah it's interesting would you do it any other way Tracy um yeah, I wouldn't get so pissed off and angry with him because, you know, in his, I, I never, I think I can never, ever, I slapped him once when he, when he asked me to cut a burger up, he was two at the time and he asked me to cut a burger up, two or three, and I cut it up, passed it him and he threw it at me. That's the only time I've ever, I tapped him on, you know, like you do, tapped him on the hand, never done anything like that. So that, I think the only thing I would change is not to come back just because I could financially give him everything he asked for just because I could. And I did that a lot out of guilt. But I think that's the one thing I'd change because I do sometimes see now that when he wants something, he'll sometimes just go, he'll go get it. He doesn't sit and say, do I really need this? But everything else, no, I wouldn't change a job. He's a wonderful, caring person. He now respects the fact he's in a relationship and his partner works. And he respects that it's not just her duties to do everything at home. So I think I think what we've bred, and I think this is a case even when you've got children in a family where there are two parents, but they both have to work. I think what we're breeding is a generation of children and future generations where this gender thing slowly starts to disappear. You know, just because I'm the man doesn't mean I've got to wait for you to come home and cook my dinner when we're both working. Just because you're the woman doesn't mean you're the one that's got to do everything with the children. Because that happens even when you've got co-parenting going on. So, no, I don't think I'd change anything else other than say no a little bit earlier to him than I did. And Shari, would you do anything different? I would. The thing that I would do differently is I tried to guard my kids from my own journey. <clears throat> and I only wanted to show them the highlight reel. Like, I didn't even need social media for that. I wanted to stay the perfect mommy while I was messy and figuring it out over here. And I don't think I did either of them any favors in that because not that I needed to, you know, I was so worried to be one of those moms who leaned on their boys for support. I was not, they are not my partners. I'll know I'm very close with them. I was not going to have two little husbands who jumped every time I needed something. I was the opposite. I never asked for their help or even like an equality thing. It was mom has 42 bags of groceries. It's not their fault. They're wonderful and they'll help. But it took a while till it dawned on them because why would it? Um, 
uh, and I, I think that in the me exploring myself, both in my life and in my business, wanting to be the perfect mom for them still, I left out a lot of the beautiful lessons they could have learned that now I'm much more open and honest with them of. Because now it's not, I don't feel like I'm threatening their security now by talking openly. It's not, oh, mommy's crying at the kitchen table about how we're going to pay rent this. Like, I'm not putting that on a kid. I was lucky I didn't have to put that on a kid, but it freaked me out because I, I didn't grow up with that. So I didn't want that to be their experience, especially in the world they grew up in. So I feel like they missed out on a more honest version of me, but I don't know that I, I know her now. I don't, wasn't her then. I can't begrudge that there's I can't imagine doing it differently even though I wish I could have actually my regret is the complete it's the same as you Shari but the other end of it mm. uh, I probably exposed too much when when I was uh at my ugliest as a parent um remember you were also a baby you had them at like you uh, started at 17 yeah but this was much later so when I had Marshall and Logan so I had Marsha was three months old when I got pregnant with Logan. I was still breastfeeding Marsha when I got pregnant. Um, and my other two kids were teenagers. So I'd got babies and teenagers. And then because uh, they were going through exams, I would I had all the babies in bed with me because I didn't want the older kids woken up. I was three years with no sleep. I was a complete men- like oh, sleep none. Me and H hated each other. We- hated each other um so so that that probably the first six that was probably five years I would say that I I cried I swore I shouted I uh melt meltdown city regularly and then it and then it, where it looked bipolar was that it was that absolute meltdown hormonal all the rest of it no sleep and then the customer would ring and it'd be hi how can i what messages so and that was at the time where where my two eldest were now 13 14 15 16 and so they had a bit more comprehension of uh unstable being sleep deprived mad (laughs) and that but they're still not old enough or experienced in life to understand where that came from and sometimes even to this day because and then obviously you know they didn't witness necessarily my me coming out of that as much because they were then going out and living their life and then they leave home and so there's some residual stuff left there where they make assumptions about me based on that era that is so far removed from me now um and then I look at Marshall and you know my two youngest who were born into that absolute tirade of world war three can like you guys know me can you imagine me and H hating each other at war like no because you guys are intense loving each other so I kind of want to watch this with popcorn I'm not gonna lie And I see, you know, as my two youngest are growing now into young men, I also see some of that backlash, that repercussion of my that version of me as 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 how I was. So that's a regret. Uh, I can't do anything about it. I didn't sleep for three years. I I don't know. What am I supposed to do? You are who you are. I didn't mean it. Yeah. Also, you were parenting the two hardest stages of life, teenagers and babies. Can you imagine? Wow. We forget birth control commercials. You just... Yeah, just show that video. And the screen (laughs) to Dawn's bedroom. Yeah, I'm good. No other 17-year-olds having a baby ever again. I mean, I was was grateful. Listening to you, Dawn, I was grateful. I got both ends of the spectrum, but from the same person at different eras in time 
that yes. you know and don't get me wrong when he got to teenage years we used we used to have some humdinger of fights literally bawling and shouting at him because he'd cheese me off usually because he's left 13 pairs of trainers in the hallway but hey you know <laughs> but yeah the, you still go you we're only human and we we don't know what we don't know i mean we've probably all learned different techniques to run our life different techniques of being who we are but when ollie was growing up i hadn't done the personal development that i've done since then you know i didn't know there was another way to express frustration other than just screaming at somebody because that's what i got brought up with so if there was a woman out there now who let's say is single has got kids who hates her job wants to start her own business or is starting her own business and struggling with all of that, what would you say to them, Shari? I would say put down the battle axe because you're never going to get it right. And even when you do, you won't notice you will. So the incremental allowance and permission to be who you need to be, do the best you can do, enjoy every stage of, you know, it's always easy with mom of older kids. Like I wanted to punch anyone who ever said like, you'll miss these younger years. I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, I don't miss them now. And I know bigger kids, bigger problems, but right now I have big kids, little kids with little problems and they feel big to me. So I I hate to sound like that, you know, crone thing, but um, the the days are so long, but the years are so short and that's with business and with child rearing. So it's just like, just, I feel like just jump in the chaos and figure it out. You're never going to do both fully at the same time. You can't. And I, I'd say, because a lot of single women now will probably end up where to begin with, they're juggling a job and a side hustle. That's their way of slowly growing their income. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say you're not the only one out there. You're not on your own. There's other single mums going through the same pain. And now we're in an area where you can get online and be in groups where you can chat to other mums in business. Um, And just remember at the end of the day, just plan your time. Don't, don't try and don't try and do too many things at once, but at the same time, whatever you do, Do not fall into the trap of being guilty when you're working and not with the kids and then guilty about work when you're with the kids because on both sides, you are not present with either either one. So just be present and do what you can and lean on other people for support, even if it's just a mums in business group to help you realise you're not the only one juggling like this. And most of the time, someone's a bigger shit show than you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Where were you two when my kids were young? <laughs> well, what I would say is don't assume that the that all of those pulls that you were going through and the chaos is because of you and you being single. Chaos and all of those pulls happen whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you've got one kid, whether you've got 10 kids. It doesn't make any difference whatsoever. Every And any woman or man, anybody that tells you that that shit show and chaos does not exist is not telling you the truth. So don't beat yourself up and about it. And here's the tip in hindsight that I think is a testament to when I got it really good and, and when I, I, I didn't do such a good job. Stop, um, stop worrying about it. It's, it just is. And get up in the morning and do the best that you can. And in wallowing in anything and wishing and focusing on the things that you don't have, 
it's the bitterness and the resentment around all of that. If you're feeling resentful that you're single, if you're feeling resentful that you're on your own with kids, any uh, it, uh, we could we could we could sling those sentences out for four hours of how we build our own you know resentment up about those things. Actually, in wallowing in that is what makes you bitter and resentful, which makes you difficult to live with, that makes you then lash out at your children and not do such a great job with your work or your business or finding another relationship. It's much better for you to say, it is what it is. I am where I am. I can't do anything about where I am, but what I can do is take responsibility for my mood and my energy going forward. And if you can just try to do that, and uh, not beat yourself up about anything just do the best you can and forever my single piece of advice with anything to do with parent is as long as you're coming from a place of love even if you fuck it up you fucked it up out of love that's all you can do and kids will forgive you uh kids will forgive you yeah they will and they've probably they probably don't even remember some of the things that we've remembered so that's the thing our perspective on it is not theirs anyway not their so. perspective no, my worst performances are the funniest stories when my kids get together <laughs> i'm coming for christmas i'm not kidding you i am i've decided that dawn i need to come live with you for like a week <laughs> I, with when all the kids are home i am based on just a few stories i've heard yeah. Of Wonderf- all the characters, I'm coming. Wonderful movie that would be, wouldn't it? And interestingly <laughs> enough, Dawn and I have already arranged um, with our children. We're going to get the other side to this story in a future podcast because one of Dawn's sons and my son are going to come on and share with us what it was like growing up with a mum who was running a business as well. So we'll actually get the other perspective, which will be quite an interesting little session. But yeah, I'm a little bit frightened. Shari knows Marshall. Marshall has no filter. <laughs> Love really honest. So I'm gonna have. I, I'm gonna resist prepping him. And he's six foot five, so I can't even give him. If I give him a good idea, I have to get weapons. I have to get a stick. Or something. <laughs> so I'm at, I have a feeling his mother glare. His mother's glare will be enough. I'm just saying. <laughs> my kids are of an age like yours, probably now, where it's quite nice to take, be able to take opportunities like payback time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rolls his sleeves up as he saunters into the room. I tell you, much as I, I the podcast and tell everybody everything. Yeah, much as I am more maternal than what was when we decided to have him. It's so funny. He still comes home now and I am the opposite of you guys. If he turns around and says, what you got to eat? I don't know. Look in the cupboard. What's there? (laughs) (laughs) Mum, have you got any milk? No, I haven't got any of that. We'll have to go and fetch some. So I'm still not getting it the Mary Poppins way, am I? Uh, you know what I genuinely think and it's 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 so we'll wrap it up now but for, for a future topic maybe how much of our nurturing of our children is actually for them and how much is it for feeding ourselves oof that's not a topic on its own it's um I I think it was Deepak Chopra you got a book about feeding yourself, but feeding yourself on either addiction or this or that or the other. And boy, I got a bit of a spanking. Well, not, not literally, I hope. No, no, psychologically. <laughs> psychologically got a spanking. I don't, Deepak doesn't seem like a spanker. I'm just going to no. put that up. No, but like, that would not do it for me. Like, no. <laughs> 
And there we go into a totally and different down topic. The slide we go. I'm very proud of all three of us. Yeah, so that's, that's another topic completely for another day. And I'm sure at some point in the future we will have Shari with us again. Share your spandex and stiletto stories with us. Tag at Real Women Podcast on Instagram.